I just want to share a few thoughts. Mike, you did great just sharing a little reflection with us. I really appreciate it. Just really thoughtful and really fits in with my sermon. So that's great. Do you know what I mean? And I just want to share, we're in Psalm 23. We've been there for the last few weeks. And uh, this, this morning, I'm just in verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What an amazing verse. And uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, Mike was talking about journeys today, and uh, we've been just meditating on this, uh, this psalm, really, for the last few weeks, really, just on, on this whole theme of the shepherd, of how David understood God was his shepherd, and what that meant to him, and how he uh, responded to God in that, and what it teaches us. And today, he, he speaks about this dark valley, and I guess most of us intuitively understand that kind of language, the dark valley of life. Uh, you know, that sometimes we go through difficulties and obstacles and situations and circumstances that we would never want to find ourselves in, uh, that we would never choose for ourselves. You know, we'd always choose the nice, bright path that was easy. Anybody like that? Do you know what I mean? And uh, all of a sudden we find ourselves in the dark valley and we're, we're kind of looking around. And, uh, and David says, you know what? I, 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 the Lord is with us in this darkest valley. And he speaks about these seasons uh, and circumstances that are beyond our control. And, and Mike mentioned some of them. You know, we, we go through these experiences, sickness, uh, opposition, isolation, grief, need, want, all, all these kind of things that we find ourselves in. And, uh, and in the midst of all that, we have to try and endure and we have to try and find uh, in, in the midst of that the meaning of our faith because so often we can try and um, uh, you know we, we like life to be easy don't we just me we like life to be kind of overflowing with kind of like you know uh, 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 you know milk and honey you know that's what you know what that's what the when, when the Lord promised the, the land of Canaan he, he said a land that overflows with milk and honey and everyone amen and then the report came back oh yeah there's giants there how many of you know the two are the same thing? That, that they exist together. We want this utopia where everything's pleasurable and that is all we have. But actually the two exist. And, and if we didn't know what struggle was, we wouldn't know what joy and blessing is. And so the Lord comes and he says, you know, uh, he, he's my shepherd through the dark valley. And we have to see that. We see it in the Bible. The Bible's full of, my, of experiences. You know, David and his mighty men who come back from... Uh, from being at war and find that their own home has been destroyed and everything and everyone has been carried off. And all of a sudden, David goes from hero to zero and everybody talks about stoning him and uh, all of a sudden it's a dark valley. And I want to suggest to you that how you uh, cope with dark valleys will determine how you make progress in your life. How you work them out, how you face them, how you go through them, how you find God in them because actually, we will all face those things, don't we? So, so the truth is, it's not the moments of bliss that will determine how you walk with God. It's the moments of difficulty. You know, the moments of bliss are, are, are joyful, aren't they? It's really when we pass those and all of a sudden we find ourselves perhaps on our own when we didn't expect to be on our own. Loneliness is a terrible thing. When we find ourselves disappointed... When we find ourselves betrayed, or feeling betrayed anyway, and all of a sudden we find ourselves walking through a valley, and isn't it amazing how when you're in a valley, everybody else is in sunshine? Have you ever noticed? If you want to find the blessings of other people, just go through a hard time, and they all start appearing quickly. 
and we rejoice with them. Oh, praise the Lord, you're having a great day. Thank you very much. All of us have that. We see Moses suffering rejection and the wilderness. From being a leader of the people, the burden that he had to carry, the isolation of it. We saw Elijah having opposition and feeling weary, weary enough to die. Valleys are part of life. We understand that. We see it with Paul suffering sickness and isolation and sending for people to come and help him to be a companion in his journey because everybody had left him. Hard to believe that everybody had left Paul. You read his letters and you think, wow, what victory he was living through. Friends, everybody left him. He said, please come and join me. His experience of life, his valleys are just the same as ours, and we all go through them. And David had learned the secret to coming through the valley of life was not simply his own perseverance, but his proximity to the shepherd. His proximity to the shepherd. It's because it's about being close to the Lord is what's going to bring you through the valleys of life. His presence, the Lord's presence, is an antidote to the fear that so often grips our lives. The fear that so often takes over our lives and our situations. You see, fear is an overwhelming condition. We were talking about this in the car, driving back from Scotland, weren't we? Julia and I, because I was telling her about my sermon. She was like, and we're just talking, and, and fear is not the same as being afraid of being bitten by a dog, okay? That's an imminent danger. Run. Okay, you know, it's okay to be afraid of being bitten by a dog, okay? There are some things in life which are imminent problems. We, we, we're right to be afraid of them. We can't just say, oh, I'm not going to be afraid of this dog. It's uh, in Jesus' name. I come against you. Ah! I mean, if that works for you, great, but I usually get bitten. Remember once a boy once, I was walking through a street in Hull, and uh, down this, there was a Pyrenees mountain dog on a big rope, and I thought, ha ha. So I just walked past it, because I'd have been a bit wary of it, and it came bowling down the, uh, uh, the drive. Rawr, 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 And I just, I thought, you know, that rope's going to hold that thing, so I just stopped there. I didn't do that. I don't, don't want to inflame the dog. And the rope went, to, rope went taut, snapped. This thing's over the wall on my leg. I'm pasting down the street. Why? Be afraid. Be very afraid. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about imminent danger. I'm talking about fear, which becomes this overwhelming condition in your life that prevents you from enjoying the life that God has. And we all know what that feels like. We all have it, you know. Men and women, we all face these circumstances that are just a bit out of our control and we think, man, I never thought this would be where I was. I never thought this situation would develop. And, and, and somehow fear begins to look paranoid. You see, fear is very similar to faith in the sense that it's about what is yet to come. Faith is confidence in what we do not yet see. That's what the Bible says. Faith is confidence in the promises and the blessing of God. Faith is believing that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And what the enemy meant for evil, God can mean for good. Come on, that's faith. That's what faith is about. Fear is an apprehension that it's all going to go wrong. And fear grips so many people's lives. Fear worms its way in. Fear afflicts people. Fear of the unknown, fear of consequences, fear of failure. Fear is based on doubt, not confidence. It's based on, on 
what, what seems to be certain, not what is believed by faith to be true. And so we have to recognize that fear can function in our lives and take away what God wants to do. Fear focuses on problems, not possibilities. Remember the spies came out of Canaan and they said, we seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. How many of you know when you feel like a grasshopper in your own eye, you're in trouble? He said, and we seem the same to them. But you see, it wasn't them that were defeating them, it was themselves. Because the fear had begun to overwhelm them. See, fear does this. Fear magnifies the problem. It says they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw are of a great size. How many of you know all the people they saw were not of a great size? But they saw some who were of a great size. And therefore, everybody became bigger than them. Because that's what fear does. It magnifies the problem. You ever notice that in your own life? All of a sudden, you become afraid and, and you become fear. And then, because you're afraid, you stop doing the things that you know are right because you're having to take uh, action against the possibility of something that might happen in the future. And all of a sudden, everything seems to be out of control. If you've had those moments, we just sit there and go, Wah! Why? Because fear has magnified in your life. And sometimes it's serious, but often it's not that serious. It's just that fear wants to make it worse for you. And so you become paranoid about stuff. Because you're fearful of what other people think. Someone laughs in the corner and you're convinced they're laughing at you. Or is it just me? I knew it was you. All of a sudden, stuff kicks up. Why? Because fear magnifies the problem. Friends, I want you to know, that's why it's a main tactic of the enemy. Because if he can get God's people afraid, what he does is he breeds fear in us, and therefore we start to lose confidence in what God is doing. Because the second thing fear does is it, it erodes trust in God. <laughs> this great story of, uh, the, in the book of Judges of Gideon. Gideon threshing wheat in a wine press for fear of the Midianites, the Bible says. In other words, he was afraid they were going to come and take the, th- the, the grain from him. So he was hiding in a wine press, hoping they wouldn't be found. And the Lord appeared to him. An angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Greetings, mighty warrior. And Gideon just says, What are you talking about? He says, Go in the strength you have. And he says, But if the Lord is with us, this is what he says, If the Lord is with us, why has this happened to us? That's what fear does. The Lord is with me. Why have they rejected me? The Lord is with me. Why has this illness come into my life? If the Lord is with me, why has this financial situation occurred? If the Lord is with me, why haven't they given me that opportunity that I thought I was going to get? Lord, where are you in this? Lord, why am I experiencing opposition? If you're really with me, fear tells you that God can't be trusted. And all of a sudden, you start to think, I have to work this out myself. This is what Gideon says. Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about? Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. He says what's really on his heart. I've been abandoned by God. That's what fear does. Because you say my circumstances tell me that God wouldn't do that. I've been a pastor 25 years. Friends, I can't overemphasize the number of times this has been an issue for people who I've pastored. Why has the Lord abandoned me? Because I find myself in a situation that I didn't want to be in. 
And our instant reaction because of fear is God's left me. The Bible says entirely the opposite. It says, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you're with me. So we need to understand fear does that. It erodes our trust in God. It erodes our trust in other people. So how much more God? Situations of our lives. Fear has to be overcome. How many of you know fear doesn't go away? Hello. (laughs) Don't you wish it did? I'm having a jolly good talking with myself now and fear is going to disappear in Jesus' name. But it doesn't go, does it? Fear has to be overcome. There's a great story of Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 1, uh, when, he, when he hears about the state of Jerusalem and uh, he just says, you know what, I, I've got to do something about this. He was cupbearer to the king and it comes into chapter 2 and it says in chapter 2, I was very much afraid. He says, I went to the king, asked me, why does your face look sad when you're not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of the heart. He wasn't allowed to appear sad before the king. I think that should be a rule before the pastor. What do you think, Jeremy? <laughs> He wasn't allowed to be sad before the king. And the king noticed and said, what is wrong with you? And he said, I was very much afraid. But I said to the king, king, please live forever. But why should my face not look sad when the city my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? He says, you know what? I was very much afraid, but I still did what had to be done. See, fear has to be overcome, friends, or else fear will control your life. We need to recognize that. Sometimes what we want when fear happens in our lives, and if I'm honest, I want it as well, um, I want God to remove the fear so that I don't feel it. Hello. Because that that makes life easier, doesn't it? Oh, I don't feel the fear anymore, so I'm free to do what I want. But God doesn't do that. He says, no, I, I need you to work it through. I need you to overcome it because the fear is causing you to lack your trust in me. And David comes and he understands that. And so I, I, I want to talk just for a few minutes this morning. Um, this is my second sermon. Um, uh, just for a few minutes this morning, just really how the shepherd helps us deal with fear that seeks to overwhelm us. First of all, the shepherd is with us in the dark valley. <laughs> he says, for you are with me. You know, Mike's talked about it. I don't really need to talk about it. Traveling companion. You know, there are some people even here this morning, and, and life is lonely for you. Because you won't build relationships with people who can become traveling companions. See, we all, we all need, you know, and, and God is there as a, as a traveling companion, but, but people need other people. You know, there's a few of us who can live quite independently on our own and just be functioning. But actually, most of us need people to encourage us. To enjoy the journey, you need to share it, don't you? In some level. Uh, and, and the Lord comes with us into the dark valley. His, his presence is just there. There is nothing like someone's company in the midst of darkness. And we see this often in the scriptures. In the midst of the darkness, God comes. Remember three men in a fiery furnace. They cast them in and the fire was so hot that the people who threw them into the fire dropped dead. And yet all of a sudden these three young Hebrew men find themselves in this fire which should be destroying them and yet they're not destroyed. And all of a sudden there comes another into the fire with them. Wow. And the king goes, I, I, see, I see someone else in there. He's one like the Son of Man, glowing. And all of a sudden, the presence of God comes right into the middle of this, uh, this fiery furnace. Why? Because the shepherd comes when it's dark. Into the dark valley, 
the shepherd comes and brings life. We see Daniel in the lion's den <laughs> where they shut, they shut the den and put him in and came back in the morning to find him sitting with the lions. See, we all have a testimony, but I'm not sure I want that one. I'll go for the dogs. (laughs) And all of a sudden, they roll back the stone, and and there's Daniel. Daniel, are you there? Yes. The Lord came and shut the mouths of the lions. Why? Because I was in a dark place, and the shepherd came to me. That's the nature of God. And so when we're feeling fearful, how we overcome fear is we recognize that the Lord is with us in the valley that we're in. Remember the, my, my favorite story of uh, the boat, the, she- the disciples in the boat and the waves are buffeting them and it says they were being buffeted by the wind and the waves and it was the third watch of the night and it says, and the Lord came to them walking on the water. How many of you know the Lord likes to make an entrance sometimes? And here's the amazing thing. It says, and they scream because they thought it's a ghost. That's how full of faith we are, isn't it? God does something supernatural and we're like, Whoa, what's going on? All of a sudden, Jesus comes to these disciples who were in trouble one minute, and his presence comes. Why? Because the shepherd comes to us in the dark valley. I want you to know this morning, whatever valley you're in, the Lord is with you. And he will come to you. And sometimes it's not easy to see him, but he's there. It's amazing how many things can block our vision of God. But he still comes, because he loves us. Secondly, his shepherd drives out our fear with his love. He says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because it's the love of God that drives away fear. It's the love of God that, that deals with it. It's the love of God that replaces fear. The Bible says there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. In other words, it says, listen, when we come into the love of God and when we understand that his love protects us, then we're able to face the fears of our lives because his love surrounds us and his love becomes our strength. Hello? It's his love that gives us the ability to face and overcome the fears that surround us in the valley. It's his love that gives us the ability to face and overcome the fears that surround us. Best example I can think of is Paul. He says, Paul was given, Paul had amazing revelations of God. Saw visions of the third heaven and all kinds of things. And because of that, the Lord says he was given a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with it, with the Lord, to take it away from me. I mean, imagine that. This is Paul, the apostle, who, who's being overwhelmed by the thorn in his side. He's being overwhelmed by the valley that, that he's being taken into. Absolutely overwhelmed with it. And, and, and so much so that he pleads with God, please take it away from me. See, um, and at this point, most of us would expect the Lord to go, of course, son. But the Lord says, hold on. My grace is sufficient for you. My love for you can change you to be able to bear with this issue. You know, sometimes God doesn't want to take you out of the situation. He wants you to learn to receive his love so you can live in the situation. 
because he comes with us into the valley. You know, most of us want the valley to go. We like those scriptures, don't we? Speak to the mountain and the mountain will move. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I'm all for that on certain occasions, but I often find that the Lord says, yeah, I want you to just go through this valley. I, I want you to learn something about me in the valley. I don't want you just to, to just take it. I want, you, I want you to walk after me. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Paul says, I've learned that in the valley, the power of God can be seen more in my life than when I'm on the mountain. Wow. Come on, church, that's impressive, isn't it? I don't know if you've been reading um, just in the last few weeks, some of our brothers and sisters have given their lives for Christ. And, uh, you know, they, they say, my, his grace is sufficient for me. They don't say, Lord, I don't want to walk through the valley. And if they do, they say, but if it's the valley for me, Lord, I'll walk through it. I'm always amazed and overwhelmed at the willingness of people to give their lives for Christ. Just, just, just how much they understand the shepherd is leading them through the valley. And, and therefore, we need to recognize that sometimes it can't just be everybody else's experience that they go through the valley and come out with faith. It must be ours too. And, and I'm just trying to equip your church because, honestly, you're going to find stuff this year that's going to be in the valley. And you've got to find a moment when you're in the valley you can turn around and say, Lord, even though I'm in the valley, I'll fear no evil because your love casts out fear in my life. And so, Lord, I'll say your grace is sufficient for me. Because even though this isn't what I wanted or what I anticipated, Lord, I know that with you, I can do all things. And if all things means enduring this, Lord, then I'll endure in your name with good grace. And I'll give thanks in all circumstances for this is your will for my life. It's a big one, friends. But it's his, how he comes to us. He drives out fear with his love. And then thirdly, the shepherd protects us by his rod and his staff. I mean, that's such a lovely phrase. You know, I, I'm not much of a scholar, friends, but um, you know, I just did a quick background reading. The rod and the staff were the two different equipment items that the shepherd would have. And the, the rod was a stick, or more like a club, that he would use, one to defend the sheep from enemies, from you know, the lions and tigers and bears. And, uh, but also he would use it to, to keep them disciplined and he would set boundaries and when the sheep started to wander away he would throw the club in front of them to turn them back you know like the old sheepdog does he would throw the rod just to keep them in, in boundary with him and that was what they used the rod for and the staff was much more uh, a gentle it was you know thing it was used to lift the sheep to rescue them it was used to guide them just as he walked it was a much more gentle thing and and together they give this amazing picture of the shepherd providing for the protection and sustenance of the sheep beautiful picture and and how the shepherd protects us is he protects us as we and this is the important bit as we stay within the discipline of the shepherd we stay protected Friends, that's, that's how we stay protected. When we live within his presence, when we allow him to set boundaries. See, some of us find ourselves in trouble because the Lord has set a boundary that we will no longer keep. Hello. We think we're free to live any way we want, and when the Lord sets a boundary, we walk straight past it. And all of a sudden, this little 
warning from the Lord comes, hey, that's not the boundary I would set for you. You are now wandering away from my protection. You see, this is what, uh, this is what protection is really about. It's about keeping yourselves in the love of God. See, the Lord will protect you as long as you stay close. But when you wander off, then you, he has to go into rescue mode. But the truth is, if you put yourself in danger, friends, you put yourself outside of the boundary. And for some of us, we find ourselves in valleys because we walked away from the boundary of the Lord. Hello. But, you know, it's not rocket science, is it? It's not difficult. We just need to respond to the Lord. And so how do we keep ourselves overcoming in the valley? We stay close. We allow the rod and the staff to comfort. It's a great word, to comfort me. In other words, to bring me peace. I allow the boundary and the discipline of the Lord to bring me peace. See, there's something not natural about that. As sheep, they always want to buck against that, wander off. Everything's better over there, aren't they? Do you know what I mean? I just want to go and have a little nibble over there. Friends, that's why we use the analogy, because we're just like that, aren't we? Well, I know the boundaries here, Lord. I know you tell me to, to, to honor you. But Lord, I just want to honor myself over here for a while. Hey, the Lord's not going to stop you doing that. He'll set a boundary. He won't stop you doing that. But friends, you know what? You remove yourself from the protection of the shepherd. And what happens is you find yourself a few moments later, weeks later, months later, saying, God, where are you? He says, I'm right here. And he'll come and he'll lift you up and he'll bring you back again. But notice, he'll bring you back again to the place of his boundary. And you'll start again. Why? Because to be safe, to live in the protection, you've got to stay close to the rod and the staff and allow him to set the parameters for your life. That's what the shepherd does. The shepherd brings the conditions for flourishing. (laughs) That's when we walk away from the shepherd, we find ourselves in those difficulties. The shepherd is with us in our valley. The shepherd drives out our fear with his love. He protects us with his rod and his staff. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I love that picture, don't you? Whoever dwells in the shelter, whoever dwells in the shelter of the, of the shepherd will rest. Peace will be their experience. And so this morning, you know, as we come, as we've had communion together, I want to say to you, God wants you to be able to overcome fear in your life. Fear that magnifies problems, fear that erodes our trust, fear that has to be faced. And he comes to us to shepherd us. He's with us in the dark valley that we're in. He drives out the fear that we feel with his love and with his peace. And he comforts us by bringing us close to him, by placing around us boundaries of protection for our own lives. Maybe today you need to face your fear in a valley situation. And just as we come to close our service this morning, I just feel just wanted to pray over people who really are in valleys right now. It's amazing that Mike started to speak about journeying and the traveling companion that just fitted so in with what I was sharing this morning. Just believe there are people in valleys right now, dark places where fear seeks to overwhelm 
And it's his presence that changes that. It's his presence that gives you the grace to come through. And maybe it's even his protection, his boundary, as he speaks to you and says, this isn't the way I want you to walk. That The Lord's going to bring you back into his pasture today. And just strengthen you to walk through the situation you're in. And so just as we come to the close of our service this morning, if you're in a valley, it could be any of those circumstances we've talked about today. I just want you to be brave now because you're in a safe place. This is a safe place for you. I just want you to stand. I'm going to pray for you this morning. Just so the great shepherd of our souls would just come and strengthen us and comfort us in the valleys that we're in. If that's you, just stand, please. about being honest with the Lord about finding grace from him it's the shepherd of our souls even though I walk through the valley of the shadow I will fear no evil For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so, Lord, I pray for your people today. Lord, who are walking through valleys, Lord. Many of them, Lord, Lord, they haven't been able to control. Lord, they've just come. They find themselves in them today. Lord, others, maybe they've wandered, Lord, and ended up in these places, Lord. Lord, this morning, you come as the shepherd of the sheep, Lord, the good shepherd, who loves us. And I just pray, God, that you would just come and be with my brothers and sisters right now. You are the shepherd in our valley, Lord. I pray that fear would go in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that the power of fear would diminish now because of your presence, Lord. Lord, as people face some of these situations and have to walk through them, Lord, and Lord, as they acknowledge, Lord, you and find, Lord, that restoration from you, Lord, I pray, God, that they would just have confidence today, Lord, to trust you in the situation that they're in. Lord, it's always difficult, Lord. Lord, but we come to you today, the good shepherd, the one who cares for us, who watches over us. And Lord, we just take hold of your hand. Lord, we choose, Lord, to stand close to the shepherd today in the valley that we're in. Lord, there's so many other things that would seek to try and pull us away. But Lord, we choose to stand close to you because you're the one who watches over us. I pray, Lord, for my brothers and sisters, Lord, I pray confidence and strength that comes from the living God, from the shepherd of the sheep. And I pray for the rod and the staff to comfort today, that your word and your spirit would just speak and just bring life today and peace today in Jesus' name. And Lord, we just thank you for one another. We thank you that we can gather in this place and worship you. Thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you put hope in our hearts, Lord, that we are your people. And so we thank you for one another today. And pray your blessing on each one of us, Lord. As we go into a busy week, Lord, help us to go, Lord, just confident that your presence is with us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.